Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom. Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom. Edification Tuesday. It's such an honor to be here. We bless the Lord today being the 16th day of the month of November. Beloved, we are in the 11th month and we have every cause and every reason to give God all the praise. Tonight, we continue with where we left off last week. Last week, we had a wonderful time understanding the full armor of God according to the book of Ephesians. 
and we understood that the full armor of God is in relation to defensive defensiveness. So is a is a is the armor we put on to defend ourselves as believers. And once we have looked at the defensive, we have to look at the offensive. And so tonight, by the grace of God, we are going to look at weapons of offense. This is just an introduction to the weapons of offense. And then we will, as time permits, we have only one hour by the grace of God to to share with us. And I believe that wherever we get to, we will continue subsequently into next week as well. And so you're welcome. Tell somebody, Modification Tuesday, we are live and we are here to make sure that we all benefit from God's word. Hallelujah. And let me also say that we do not own rights to any third-party audios in our, in our administrations and in on this platform that we use. Um, they are being used for promotional purposes only. And we are being supported by Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, which allows us to use the audios that we use for fair only. All right. And so we need to understand that it is actually um, just a copyright act that allows us to use these audios. We have no right to it and we do not own rights to it as well. And so we welcome you to Edification Tuesday. Shall we say a word of prayer as we move into God's word? Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for what you do for us. Thank you that your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you that by your grace we are excelling. Thank you for the many things you have done in our lives by way of protecting us, by way of making a way for us where there was no way. We commit our hearts to you tonight. We pray that you shall allow us to understand, open our hearts and minds. Let your word bring edification tonight. Let your word bring joy to us. Let your word bring encouragement to us. And let your word empower us to live the life you have called us to live. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. Once again, you're welcome to Edification Tuesday. And last week, we were looking at the full armor of God. And if you remember clearly, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 6 and the verse number 13, which says that, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, Hallelujah. And so that was our text for last week as we looked at the full armor of God. Now, when you read Ephesians chapter 6, if you are, if you've ever read it before, and I believe last week we both read it, and so we are abreast with it, but when you look at from verse number 13 and even 14, let's go to verse 14. Just a recap so that those of us who are not around last week we'll be able to um, hear and also learn something quick before we move on all right so verse 14 of ephesians chapter 6 says stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace 
Then it says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. And lastly, the sword of the spirit. So you realize that there are six items that makes up the full armor of God, which is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet which is fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, then the shield of faith, then the helmet of salvation, and then the sword of the spirit. All right, so remember we said that we are in a life and a death struggle with the forces of Satan's kingdom. And because of that, it is crucial that we put on the full armor of God. Okay, and we also say that um, Paul has also stated in the scriptures, in I think um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Right? Now, when you look up the word carnal in the dictionary, it says pertaining to the flesh, as opposed to the spirit. Now, the spiritual fight goes against our natural inclination and so it is not we don't fight based on our instincts or our natural instincts we don't fight based on our natural instincts hallelujah now paul also says that we need the full armor that is in efficiency for 13 we need the full armor to be able to stand our ground when the day of evil comes now beloved the day of evil is bound to come for every Christian. There is a day of evil that comes for every Christian. Now, this day of evil refers to something that every Christian will go through. And last week we spoke about it. This is the time where you'll be confronted by the forces of evil. That is where your faith will be challenged. You know, it's a time where it seems like every kind of opposition and a problem that you could imagine will come against you. That is... That is what the Bible calls the day of evil that will come according to Ephesians 6 verse 13 in context. And so the Bible says, as Paul wrote, that we will be able to stand our ground when the day of evil comes. So it did not say if the day of evil comes. When? When means that it's a certainty that it will come. Hallelujah. And so we spoke about all that. And then we also dived into um, all the six items that make up the full armor of God. And and at the end of the meeting, I would, I would give out a web address. So if you want to tune in later and listen to that message as well, it will be a blessing to you. All right. And so tonight we move on to the weapons of offense. The weapons of offense. Now, our scripture is going to be taken from Second Corinthians chapter number 10 from verse 4 to 5. The Bible says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And the verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So that's if um, second. Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. All right, so we move straight into the word of the Lord. All right, so we dealt with um, the six items of defensive armor, which is listed in Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 
10 downwards, but specifically from verse 14 downwards. But as we mentioned last week, there is nothing in that list of defensive equipment that will enable us to deal with Satan's strongholds as described by Paul in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 45, where he speaks about our obligation to cast down these strongholds, right? So we have to understand, as it is said in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, that the weapons we fight with, so it means that there are supposed to be weapons of offense that we must know of and then fight with. So we have an obligation as believers to fight with these weapons of offense. And as we do that, as we fight with the weapons of offense, what it does is that it's able to cast down the strongholds of the enemy. Now, these strongholds, we will later get to know that these strongholds are strongholds that is in the mind. That is in the mind. At the end of this of this um, modification session, God will open your mind to understand these things and it will be a blessing to us in the precious name of Jesus. All right, so now we're going to move from the defensive to the offensive and then we deal with the spiritual weapons of attack. And it is important to see the obligation we have to take the offensive post. That is, we have to move out and we have to actively attack Satan's kingdom. Now, let me say this. When I was preparing this message, I did a lot of research and I realized that it's a fact of history that no army ever won a war on the defensive. And I heard or I, I read of a story which says in the early part of, of the century, someone asked a certain French general who was very known in that time. And the question the person asked the general was, in a war, which army wins? And the answer the general gave was that the army that wins a war is the army which advances. Now, with that answer, someone will think it's a simple answer, but it's not quite that simple. But it is true that we will never win a war by retreating or by holding our ground or holding our position. And as long as Satan keeps the church on the defensive, his kingdom of darkness will never be overthrown. Let's understand that. So, we have the obligation to use the offensive weapons of attack to move out and attack the enemy and his kingdom. And that is what Jesus spoke about when he first unveiled his plan for the church. And Jesus envisioned it being on the offensive, that is, attacking Satan's strongholds. And in fact, the first time the word church is used in the New Testament is in, is in Matthew chapter 16 and the verse number 18 where the Bible says, Jesus said, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Other versions say the gates of hell will not overcome it. Praise God. So he says, you are Peter. You are Peter, a stone and upon this rock I will build my church. And all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. And I know that Matthew 16 verse 18 is a familiar passage to most of us. And I think that, um, 
I think we really fail to understand what it's really saying. You know, so many people assume that Jesus pictured the church as being on the defensive. That is, being in a city that is being pounded by the forces of Satan. And many have taken this promise to mean that Satan will, will not be able to beat the gate of that city down before Jesus comes and, and takes the church away. And that is a deceptive concept of the church in the world that is, complete, is completely and totally incorrect. Now, what we find here is Jesus' picture of the church on the offensive, not defensive. Remember, he says, you are Peter, a stone, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell shall not prevail. And I understand why it's not defensive, but it's offensive. Now, as I said earlier, the picture here is a picture of the church on the offensive, not defensive. That is attacking the gates of hell. Remember, it says clearly, I will build my church and, and all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. That is the church. Now, Jesus promises that those gates of hell will not hold out against the church. In other words, he's trying to say that Satan will not be able to keep the church out. You see, it's not the church trying to fight off Satan and keep Satan out. It is Satan failing to keep the church out. That is what Jesus promises us. If we obey, that we'll be able to move out, storm right through the gates of hell, and release the captives of hell. That is the assignment of the church. And with that assignment, it means that our objective is to be primarily offensive, not defensive. Now, the word gate has a great deal of meaning in the scriptures. First of all, gate was a place of counsel. It was the place where the rulers would meet to take care of, of, of their businesses. And so, if, if you read Proverbs 31, it tells us what the ideal wife is. I know most of us know of the Proverbs 31 wife. And most of the ladies want to become a Proverbs 31 a woman, and so on and so forth. But when you when you read the same chapter of Proverbs, which is Proverbs 31, from the, um, that is exactly verse 23, the Bible says, Her husband is respected at the city gate. That's where my focus is. At the city gate, where he takes his place among the elders of the land. Now, from this verse in Proverbs 31, we see that the gate was the place where the ruling council of elders sat and took care of the city business. So, when the scripture says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, it means that Satan's councils, his group of ruling demons, principalities, powers, will not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. It means that they will be frustrated and they will be overcome by the church. Not just the church, but the church that walks in the power and obedience to God's will. Now, in those days, still talking about the gate, in those days, when an army will attack a city, the natural place to attack will be the gate of the city because 
the gates of the city were always weaker than the walls of the city. Now, the picture we find in our text for today is that of the church making an attack on the gates of hell. That is the gates of Satan's kingdom. And the promise of God is that those gates will not be able to keep the church out. So we have to stop thinking defense or defense and start thinking offense when it comes to spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is more offensive than defensive. It is not more defensive than offensive, but rather it's more offensive than defensive. And you know, I believe that most Christians have this attitude of, uh, let's say, I wonder where the devil is going to strike next. What is he going to hit me with or my family with now? No. But, but the shoe should be on the other foot. We should not be wondering when the devil is going to strike next or who is he going to attack next in our family or which attack is coming next on us. That should not be our attitude as believers. Rather, the shoe should be on the other foot. What do I mean by that? It's an expression. Which means that it should be the devil wondering where the church is going to strike him next, not us. So we have missed it as a church because we have failed to understand that there is the weapons of offense. The, 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 the equipment in Ephesians chapter 6 are not weapons of offense. They are weapons of defense. That's why last week I said that after all the regalia the Bible talks of, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, right? The, the sandals and, and the helmet and the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. After all that, have you forgotten that your back is bare? There's nothing to protect the back. That is why when it's defensive, we, we are together. And so one, one Christian looks at after another to prevent an injury to the person. So that's defensive. Most Christians think that the offensive, when we talk about the offensive, because efficiency says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So, so the, 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 the armor of God is about offensive. No, that's defensive. But there's the offensive part, and that's what we are talking about tonight. So we should not be wondering where the devil is going to attack next. Rather, it's the devil who should be wondering where the church will be striking him next. Hallelujah. Now, I want to take this offensive warfare one step further. And I want to show us something very important. Now, if your Bible is with you, let's turn it to Colossians chapter 2 and the verse number 15. And the Bible says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus disarmed the demonic powers when he went to hell. Jesus disarmed the demonic authorities. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. Hallelujah. By the cross. Not by any other means. The triumph, the triumph that he got was by the cross. Colossians 2 verse 15. That's what is there. Now, the powers and the authorities we read about here are the same spiritual forces of Satan that we refer to several times in Ephesians chapter 6. 
And look at what this says in Colossians 2.15, that through the cross, God disarmed those rulers and authorities of the dark world. And based on this scripture, let me ask a question. Based on this scripture, have you realized that Satan has been left without any armor? That is to say that he has been stripped of any weapon that could defeat the mighty army of God. Now, this is a very powerful thing. And I, and I hope we can catch the truth of it. We can, I hope you can catch it in your spirit. That, that Satan has been left without any armor. And I know people will be asking questions in their mind. So why does Satan attack? Who we'll understand it? The Bible says it clearly. He was made a public spectacle. He was disarmed. Everything was taken. He was stripped of every weapon he has that could defeat God's mighty army. Hallelujah. And, and we think that Satan is so powerful and Satan is so difficult to defeat. But he's already defeated. He has been stripped of any power that he ever had. All he has left now, beloved, this is, this is where the thing is. All the devil has now is deception. Deception. That is the only thing the devil has now. Deception. Nothing else is deception. Remember how in the Bible we know that there is a battle of the mind. That is because, and you see, the Bible talks about the battle of the mind repeatedly. The Bible keeps talking about the, uh, uh, the mind, the battle of the mind repeatedly. If you've been reading it, you see it repeatedly. You see that the Bible talks about the battle of the mind, the battle of the mind, the battle of the mind. If you look at the verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 10, it says that we demolish arguments. You see, arguments stem from things that come from the mind. So, you realize here clearly, clearly, that there is no way the devil can ever defeat a Christian who has on the full armor of God that we talked about last week. That's the promise of God. But if he can deceive us, if he can get you to believe just one of his lies like he did with Eve, then we ourselves, we ourselves who are standing at a place of victory, begin to take off our armor and make ourselves vulnerable to attack. Then he attacks us. And we see the evidence of what I'm saying all around. If the devil can put a thought into your head about someone else, then he has done his job. And the reason I say this is because once the thought gets into your mind and you begin to dwell on it, then he sits back and he lets you take it from there. Deception, the power of deception. That's the only thing the devil has left, the power of deception. And so the Bible says that he goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom to devour. With what? The power of deception. Hallelujah. Praise God. I hope we are, we, are, we are getting it tonight. I believe we are getting it. I believe we are getting it. Praise God. So, you realize that just with Eve, <coughs> Satan is, is so often very, he's very, you know, um, 
He's very subtle in his initial attack. He doesn't come with some unbelievable lie or a bold lie that would be easily seen. He takes a, 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 a talk that places a little doubt. Or he reminds you of a past hurt. Or he reminds you of a past situation. Or he can even take a legitimate situation and tempt you to take an inappropriate action. The power of deception. And what was just a thought that he placed into your mind will now turn into gossip. Then after gossip, it now begins to turn into slander. Then when it moves from slander, it begins to turn into division. Then hurt after hurt after hurt. Then it just compounds until we have turned on each other and you are waging war against your own army, against your own brother, against your own sister, against your own wife, against your own husband, against your own colleague, against your own child. All because a small lie by the power of deception came from the enemy and it has manifested into different faces and he has brought a lot of attacks. And these things are practical. We know it is true. It happens time and time again. And what makes it so sad is that we have the power to stop it before it ever gets beyond that one thought or idea. We have the armor of defense against those kind of attacks. And we also have weapons that will defeat him because as we have seen from Colossians 2, the powers and the authorities of Satan have been disarmed. They have been disarmed. If you did not know that today, then know it. The devil has nothing on you to defeat you except the power of deception. If he's able to get into your mind, that is all. That's why the mind is the place. That, that is where you must you must make sure your mind. That's the Bible says, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is, think about this thing. Because in the mind, if he's able to enter your mind, that is it. He's done with you. Guard your mind. Guard it. Feed your mind. Read God's word. Make sure you are reading God's word. Make sure you are filling your mind with gospel songs. Make sure you are, you are filling your mind. With things that are not worldly but heavenly. Feel these things. Hallelujah. That's what he has. That is what he has. Have we have we forgotten Job, the story of Job? Satan couldn't just go in there and, and rip Job apart. He couldn't. In fact, he couldn't do much of anything without permission from God. Now, and why would God give the devil the thumbs up to afflict Job, to torment Job like he did? Ultimately, it was to bring glory to God. But also, it was a powerful example for us. Now, we could spend months on, on, on spiritual lessons of Job. But one thing we see clearly from the story of Job is that God is in control. And as long as we do things his way, nothing the enemy of our souls can ever do would be enough to bring us defeat. Hallelujah. Listen, God 
is in control of your life. God is in control of your job. God is in control of your marriage. God is in control of your relationship. God is in control of your, of your children's lives. God is in control. As long as you do things his way, nothing the enemy does would ever bring defeat. Listen, Bible says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That tells us that weapons will be formed. But even though they will be formed, it will not prosper. We just understood that the day of evil will come, whether you like it or not. The fact that it will come does not mean that the effect of it will be defeated. No. So long as we do things this way and understand and come to the realization that God is in control, no matter what, we will never be defeated. Hallelujah. We will never be defeated. Never. We can't be defeated. It's not possible. We, we, we can't be defeated. But then, while we are thinking of Job, we need to be reminded also that Satan is still doing the same thing he was in the days of Job. He constantly goes before the throne of God and that's what accuses the brethren. He brings accusations against us before God, hoping to get a crack at us like he did with Job. He's still doing it. He's still going to God. He's still accusing the brethren before the throne of God. Hallelujah. He's still doing it. But we should never have to worry about Satan's attacks when we have on the armor of God. Hallelujah. And we realize that we have the victory. Oh, oh. Have you just picture it in your mind's eye? That you have the full armor of God on and you also have the mindset that you have the victory. Why? Because Jesus has has taken off, has stripped the devil and his cohorts of all weapons and has made a public shame of them. They have nothing except deception. Nothing. They have nothing. Beloved, we have the victory. We have the victory. Oh, hallelujah. We have the victory. God, through the cross, disarmed Satan's kingdom. He made a public display of them in their defeat. And after that, he triumphed over them. And you know, triumph is not so much winning a victory as it is the celebration of the victory that has already been won. (laughs) So, what we have here According to Colossians 2, verse 15, is a public demonstration of victory. We must have a public demonstration of victory. Hallelujah. Beloved, on the cross, Jesus won a victory. That wasn't for himself. He always had the victory because he was the son of God. But as our representative as the last Adam, he won for us a victory that we couldn't win for ourselves. And the victory now that he won now became our victory. Hallelujah. So we now have that victory. We now have that victory. Oh, and that is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 
and the verse 14 bible says but thanks be to god who always leads us as captives in christ's triumphant procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere oh hallelujah but thanks be to god who always leads us as captive in god's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere that's a powerful scripture listen there are some very important words in that verse always and everywhere but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere listen those two words always and everywhere they are important words because we are to always and everywhere represent Christ's victory Hallelujah. Now, in the following verse, which is Matthew chapter 28, which we are also familiar with, we are going to see God demonstrating publicly the victory that Christ has won and how he will do it. He will do it through us. Hallelujah. Let's look at the last bit of, of, of the introduction of the weapons of offense for tonight. This is an introduction for us. And next week, we'll get into it proper by the grace of God. Now, in, in conclusion of this, let's look at Matthew 28, verse 18 and verse 19. The Bible clearly tells us, Then Jesus came and said to them, that is the disciples, All authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Right? Now, if Jesus has all authority, that leaves none for anyone else unless he gives it. So, Jesus has all authority. So, he emphatically stated it in the verse 18 of Matthew 28. Emphatically. He had to emphatically state it because he had made a public spectacle of the devil and his cohorts, he has stripped them of all their weapons. They, they have nothing except deception. And he's saying here, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. In other words, he is giving us authority, delegated authority. Ah, we have received an authority from Jesus. Hallelujah. You are not ordinary. You have received an authority from Jesus. Jesus says that all authority has been given to him. But then he tells us to go. He tells us to go. The go, the word go, there. He's telling us to go and exercise the authority that he has already won. We should go and demonstrate it. Beloved, our assignment is clear. We are to demonstrate the victory that Jesus won on our behalf. And if he sends us out, it won't be without all the capability necessary to have the complete victory. Hallelujah. This is where our battle turns to the offense or tends to be offensive. We have all we need to stand against the enemy when he tries to come against us. But more importantly, 
we have all the offensive weapons. Hallelujah. We have all the offensive weapons that we need to take to battle him and to demonstrate, to show to all the world that Jesus is Lord. Beloved, salvation has been purchased for each and every one of us. We are, and, and you see, we are assured of the ability to live a victorious life, to live an overcoming Christian life, and we can reach a lost and a dying world for Christ when we have this understanding. When we operate from this mindset, when we have this understanding, reaching out to the lost will not be a problem. Jesus said we should go. We should go to those who need salvation. We should share the truth in power. We should share the truth and, and as the Spirit enables us perform miracles in power, we should teach the people the ways of God. Make disciples. We must teach the people the ways of God. Always with the confident assurance that He's right with us. Beloved, the next time you step out to tell somebody about Jesus, understand that He's right beside you in every step of the way. In every step. Have at the back of your mind that he has, he, has, he has stripped the enemy of every weapon and has made a public spectacle of them. They have nothing, just deception. So even as you fight offensively, make sure that your mind is guarded. Praise God. And next week, by the grace of God, as I bring the message to an end for tonight, we will look at the four specific weapons of offense. Now, all the weapons we need to attack and defeat the kingdom of darkness. There are four. Four. They are prayer, praise, preaching, and testimony. Prayer, praise, teaching, and testimony. Next week, by the grace of God, we will look at these four specific weapons of offense. But today, I wanted us to make sure that we begin to turn our minds toward the offensive side of spiritual warfare. Why? Because we are assured of victory. Many have been roughed up by the enemy. There are scars, there are wounds that are slow to heal. Some are not at all confident of a positive ending of their lives or what they are going through. But this is where we put our money where our mouth is, so to speak. Do you believe God? Do you trust the word of God? If so, then it's time we put it all in his hands. Beloved, leave it all for him. Make sure you are in a position to receive the complete and the total victory that is ours according to the word of God. Hallelujah. And tonight, you are saying that, Lord, you are coming to the Lord tonight and you are, if there is anything, if there is something that hinders you from receiving the total and the complete victory, if you have fallen short somewhere, come and receive restoration tonight. If there is any division, if there is any separation between you and another person, it could be your child, it could be a colleague at work, it could be your husband, it could be your wife, maybe you have separated from your husband, maybe you have separated from your wife, maybe you are just roommates now, but you are not husband and wife. Beloved, come and receive healing from the Lord. 
come and receive forgiveness from the Lord and go and make things right. It is maybe that thing is what the devil is using to bring the attack because a deception has been placed in your mind and it has graduated over the months into something else. Beloved, come to the Lord. In the silence of your heart, talk to the Lord. In the next one minute, talk to the Lord. If, if anything is hindering you from receiving the total and complete victory, tell him about it. If you have fallen short in an area, come and receive restoration tonight. Come and receive restoration. Come and receive restoration. If there's any separation between you and anybody, come and receive healing. Maybe you are hurt. Maybe you have been you have been holding on to hurt for so long. Beloved, come to the Lord and receive healing from him. Come and receive healing. Why? Because God wants to prepare your heart and repair certain things before you move in the offensive. Hallelujah. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Kora Bashanda. Lige Vaza Tokri Veheste. Indologra Vantasta. To everyone who comes to you tonight. To everyone with a heavy heart. To everyone who is hurting tonight. Who has come before you, Lord. Father, may they receive healing. Father, may they receive healing. Father, may they receive healing. Oh, may they also receive forgiveness. May they receive restoration. May they receive restoration. Hey, may they receive restoration. In the mighty name of Jesus. I declare over you that it is well between you and God. Come and spend time with Him. Allow Him to show you. For the rest of the week, come to God. Spend time with God. Allow God to show you how you can begin to take that victory of Christ and how to demonstrate it in your own unique way. Beloved, let us remember that the body of Christ must be unified. We must be of one accord. We must be of one accord. And the accord here should be in our desire to serve God in obedience to our specific call. Let's allow God to take us to the next level of victory. Hallelujah. Next week, by the grace of God, we'll look at the four weapons of offense. Prayer, praise, preaching, and testimony. It will be a blessing by the grace of God. Understand that it is our obligation, according to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, it's our obligation to cast down every stronghold of the enemy. And so, now, we are moving from the defensive the offensive in jesus precious name amen hallelujah praise god praise god praise god for his word that has come tonight we thank god we thank god we thank god we thank god i believe you've been blessed tonight tonight is just an introduction to us uh, for us to hear and for us to know what this whole weapons of offense is about we thank God that we have been introduced and our spirits have been charged and we have been blessed by it. Hallelujah. And let me also say that by the grace of God, gradually we are getting close to the end of the 100 days of declaration. God has been good. Today is day number 77. 
it's been interesting it's been powerful it's been mighty wow it's been it's been it's been glorious it's been glorious beloved for the rest of your life have this mentality that the devil can do nothing to you because he has been straight if the devil finds a way to attack you then it's what we have allowed through our minds beloved let's guard our minds let's guard our minds let's guard our minds amen and so today on day 77 of 100 days of declaration we looked at genesis chapter 41 verse 29 and verse 30 and the declaration was that i declare in the name of jesus that tragedy will not catch me unaware tragedy will be an opportunity for me to rise the lord will equip me to avert tragedy amen may this be your portion may you testify of this in jesus precious name amen hallelujah wow and let's know that the 100 days also ends on the 9th of december let's also know that next year god willing something big is cooking by the grace of god and in due course you'll be notified when everything is set and ready you'll be notified keep praying for us that we will keep doing what the lord has instructed us to do and that will not be disobedient pray for us that god will always give us something to come and share with us that we will not just come and share things that we feel like sharing but things that the lord himself have strategically given to us let's also note that on friday because of an appointment i have midnight experience at 10 p.m will not come on on friday sorry for the inconvenience it will not come on on friday but it will resume the following Friday. So let's take note as well. Friday, there will be no midnight experience because of an assignment I have. Praise God. All right. So um, all too soon, we have to take leave of us. And it's been an honor to share God's word with God's people. And I also want to say a very big thank you for taking time off your busy schedules to hear God's word and to be blessed by it. God's word as well. Um, we thank you so very much that you keep supporting us in any way that you can. We thank you so very much for the messages, for, for the feedback you've been giving us, for the love and the support you've been showing to us. We are truly convinced that you are the right crowd that God is giving to us. Hallelujah. And so God bless you mightily for tonight, for spending time, your data to listen to God's word. I believe that it will be a blessing to us. Let's also note that every message that I've been preaching here for the past weeks are all on my podcast on Anchor, on Anchor FM. Um, I'll put, I'll send the links out tomorrow, God willing, so that if you want to access all of my messages at any point in time, you just click on that link and it will take you there and you can access it anytime. Please, my messages are free. You don't pay anything. Nothing. If anybody calls you to say, Burning Lamp is requesting for some funds, please, it is fake. Nobody is requesting for anything. Hallelujah. And so, let's note that as well. So, tomorrow, God willing, I'll send the links out. If you are on Google Podcast, I'm also on Google Podcast as well. I'm on Apple Podcast. I'm also on Anchor and other ones as well. I think in a total of nine podcasts. So, um, by the grace of God, 
if if I send the links out tomorrow you can also click on it anytime and listen accordingly and so tonight God bless you and once again thank you very much for tuning into verification verification resumes next week Tuesday which will be 23rd of November 2021 and we're gonna look at the four weapons of offense hallelujah and to enjoy your evening May your sleep be sweet tonight. May God give you wonderful dreams and may we meet at the top. God bless you mightily. Stay tuned for the blessings of God that is coming to flood your heart and your lives as well. May you continue to be a blessing to your house. May you continue to be a blessing to your family. May you continue to be a blessing to your workplace. May you continue to be a blessing to your church, your community, the nation, and to the body of Christ as well. Thank you very much. Enjoy your evening. Good night. Shalom. And goodbye.